Ah. <laughs> you have Matt-itis. I, I do. <laughs> I'm so, uh, I, I'm so, so happy to be here. My name is Matthew Anderson, and with me as always is... Kenny Myers. That's right. And together we go on adventures. <laughs> <laughs> through the west yeah oh through the west or into the west no 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 that, that was just that wasn't um, a comment on the game we're talking to about. the west that was just a general oh, oh oh i see like you know sorry over my head like you know tales from space yeah. that kind of thing okay yeah because it's like radio like the old talkie radios yeah which is why we're gonna do the podcast like this <laughs> I've been waiting for that moment since we started podcasting. The game today is enslaved. Enslaved. Mm. Odyssey to the West. Yes, that's correct. That is correct. And today you get to watch a car crash right before your eyes as Matt and I try to remember this game that we really loved but kind of had vague details on about. So the game stars Mankey. (laughs) (laughs) No, I believe it's Monkey. Monkey. It stars Monkey. Uh, well so wait 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 so hold on is this the one where the cars uh where they do the never mind no No, so i mean so yeah we're gonna talk about enslaved today and it's either gonna be Uh, totally great excuse me totally great excuse me that game has a colon in it enslaved colon odyssey to the west there we go well let's make sure that if the developers insist on constantly putting colons in their game then we have to stick with stick with stick with with that plan that was weird. So we're having technical difficulties. <laughs> just cut out on us. Technical difficulties. That's a first. Yeah, I've no, I didn't even know what that was, but uh, I'm a doppelganger effect, I guess. Oh, must be all that <clears throat> end time downloading while we're podcasting. Yeah, you should stop that. Yeah, well, um, someone needs a Japanese porn. So it's it's this great game that we've both played probably a year separated from each other. And uh, it's not that we didn't want to podcast about it. It's just that, you know, all these other games have come out that we've either played or just really wanted to podcast about. So, you know, we didn't get around to doing it. And now, you know, we have this gap and we have this month gap where there isn't really a game we want to play. And we want to talk about something interesting. And we just want to give you a heads up that we might have forgotten a bit about this game. Totally. And so it might be a weird podcast, but it might be great, too. Also, I might have just done my fill for time to Matt while uh, while I was fixing some things on the machine, but that may not have happened, and we might be professionals. Hey, the glory of podcasts is you yeah. cannot see us, thankfully. The, <laughs> the more errors that happen, the more we actually get to avoid actually talking about the game that we, again, really, really liked, but yeah. kind of have fuzzy details about. And uh, on that note, it, we've we've almost riffed for about about five minutes here, so we should start actually talking about the game. I, I think we're not at five minutes yet. Okay. Well, anyways, okay. So again, Enslaved Odyssey to the West. So it's essentially a platform game. Yep. Um, action. Actiony platform game. There we game. go. Uh, and it's done by this uh, this great company called Ninja Theory. Oh, they're so good. Yeah. Um, you may remember them more recently from the remake of Devil May Cry. DMC. Yes, loving, lovingly shortened to D 
Capital D, lowercase m, capital C, is that? I don't know. But let's Gosh. let's focus on the good part about it. That was a game that you nor I would ever play, DMC. No. And, and, and even and, though I was a Devil May Cry fan, I still was not interested in playing that game. Right. And I was not a Devil May Cry fan. And I just saw the good reviews and everyone said it was excellent. And I'm like, ah, I'll just pick it up. I had a little game time in between. And so I played it and I, uh, it blew me away. And, of course, I told Matt, you have to play it. And he'd played it in Matt time, which is, of course, almost two years later, yeah. probably. Mm-hmm. About a year, uh, two years later. Mm-hmm. Yeah, roughly. Thanks for listening um, to me, Matt. Yeah. Not the listeners. I know. I'm not grateful to them. It's, yeah. Um, that's all you got? Yep. <laughs> yeah. It's my job. Anyway, the developer, uh, I, was, I started to learn more about the developer. And uh, other people said that this game was really excellent. And it, had, it was excellent for the reasons that I tend to like games, which are that... The combat, the mechanics are interesting, and the story is excellent, mm-hmm. and the art direction is fabulous. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so it, it it is an older game. It's it's the game. It's their previous game. And actually, did you do the Steam configuration shit I sent you? I did eventually. Oh yeah. god, yeah. yeah. So it's so old. Do it's... we know where this game fits in the timeline of also Heavenly Sword? Then because that this is... game came uh, after Heavenly Sword. Okay, so essentially the the modern timelines: Heavenly Sword, Enslaved, and then DMC. And whatever they're working on next, which we actually know, but we're not going to talk about that. Yeah. Um, in this yeah. variation of Earth, yeah, in the modern timeline, right? Yeah. And so you know, again, it's not like D- modern it's timeline. not like it's not like DMC was this like revelation, but it was so good at so many things uh, that you weren't expecting that it, it actually convinced me to go back and play this other game that was right. even older than DMC, right? Immediately following it, uh, yeah. which I don't do very often. No. Nope. Uh, and I'm really, really glad that I did because. I really enjoyed playing Enslaved. I thought it was really good. Yeah, right? Even better than DMC, in my opinion. If only we could remember why specifically it was really good. I'm pretty sure Andy Serkis is one of those reasons. We can remember a lot of things. Andy Serkis is definitely one of them. He He is the main character. He the main character. Monkey. Monkey. (laughs) Monkey. So this game, the the story of the game is loosely based around um, Journey to the West, Mm -hmm. old folklore tale. Not... The FIFA one. Uh, no. And in that, there is a monkey. The main, you know, he's traveling with the monkey. Yeah. Um, and so the, the main character is not a monkey. He's a man. But he wears this suit that has a long sash tail looking thing. It was very clever. Yeah. And so that every time you'd see him in the shadows, he would look or like... Or climbing. Or climbing. He'd look like a monkey man. Yeah. Uh, so just kind of a cute little take. There's, there's lots of little, you know, fun things in there like that. But yeah, so he plays the main character. He just sounded like a soccer mom. I was just like, there's just a lot of really little fun, cute <laughs> things about it that I just really liked. Well, it's no true. No offense to soccer moms out there. That is a stereotype. Yeah, I don't seriously, stand by man. It. You just sound like an asshole. Okay, so, and who else? The other, the other main character is uh, the female lead uh, named Trip, Trip, as I'm finding as I'm reading through the... Trap. Yeah, Trip, which I now remember after seeing that. And I, believe, she, I believe it's pronounced Treep. She, it's not. Oh. She basically looks like a younger version of the other character from Heavenly Sword. <laughs> well, I never played Heavenly Sword, so this gives but, me no reference. Oh, well, As it, a podcast listener, I'm disappointed that you have given me nothing to really think about. Oh, okay. Um, so let, let's see how much of this, and just like skimming this thing, I can remember about the story. Um, so She looks like a red-haired Emily Blunt. Sure. Yeah, that's, yeah. Yeah. Like the character from Heavenly Sword. Yes, that other game. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So you start, um, I can't remember if you're, you're prisoners or you're slaves. Um, essentially, it takes... It, it's, uh, well, I mean... I think you're slaves. There we go. Yeah. You did the math there, and I really appreciate that. Well, I couldn't... Like, are you convicts or had you... Okay, I remember exactly what it is now. Now it's coming back to me. So it takes place in the future, and in the future, robots have taken over the world. And the robots have 
through force enslaved the remaining human population. Never heard it before. I know it's it's a unique story. No, no, no. What I'm laughing about is you're asking if they're slave or they're prisoners, and it's right in the fucking title. Oh yeah, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> this is what happens when I'm not when I'm, when I'm not going completely off the cuff and paying attention. I'm actually reading something and talking at yeah, the same yeah, time. Yeah. So and I did miss. It that. might be surprising to some of you that he's actually not just reading the whole time based on how he talks. Shut up. <laughs> so yes, believe it or not, in the game Enslaved. You are uh, enslaved. A pirate, right? You're a pirate? <laughs> so you start on this ship, which is a slave. Silly treat. It's a slave ship that these robots are using to transport people back and forth between the cities. Yeah. And um, something happens. Someone, oh, she, you escape. Trip escapes from one of the cells. Yeah. She releases all the other slaves, yep. including Monkey. But yep. you guys don't know each other yet and you haven't met. And there's this cr- uh, immensely long and kind of really fun plane crash that takes place super awesome and the whole time the plane is going down you are either inside or outside the ship and trying to traverse the the burning ship as it's falling apart incredibly large atmosphere it's really big (laughs) yeah it's really big uh it took you a long time to crash yeah but it's pretty cool because it teaches you it basically it's it's like that uh uncharted style they throw you into the middle of an action sequence and through the through your adrenaline you know wanting you to move they teach you some of the basic platforming and, yeah. and combat mechanics which mm-hmm. i thought was really cool yeah um so that's how the game starts mm-hmm. but the 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 plot twist which happens immediately following that is that you land on the ground you're both this is where you land together you're free you're no longer a slave you're no longer a slave you're not on the slave ship it's great you're right? not enslaved until no, you're not enslaved until you're enslaved you're enslaved yeah yeah, yeah, that's, yeah. Right. That's, yeah. that's right yeah so you come to and you realize that this you know this uh, you know unassuming sweet looking girl that you crashed down on the ground with oh she looks like a badass later on emily she looks a little bit more timid at first in my opinion but um she has stolen one of these um it's a headband that the robots use to put onto humans to enslave them to make them do what they want them to do she is while you were knocked unconscious she's placed that headband on your head and she's linked it to herself so that she can basically command you to do whatever she wants you to do and if you try to harm her you die it will blow your head up or if harm comes to or if her. harm comes to her yeah so not yeah. only can you not harm her you have to keep her protected because she wants to go home she wants to go home and she wants to take, take her there because she yeah. knows she can't make it by herself so i was just yeah. like just that in a nutshell i was like wow that's just there's a lot of meat there yeah. <laughs> that was crazy and it yeah. all happened within the first five minutes mm-hmm. so i thought that was great i'll turn it over to you for something that you remember after that uh i really i really like the robots uh yeah yeah they fought uh yeah uh, actually, one thing that did stick out was, uh, much like The Last of Us, the post-apocalyptic world design was actually really, really interesting. Yeah, and different than Last of Us, where they... Because there's color. Yeah, it's very colorful. That's the yeah. first thing I was going to say. You know, typically... I mean, granted, the giraffe scene, I mean, there's color on the giraffes, but, the, you know, it's mostly monochromatic, really. Yeah, they use it, they use it to point things out, whereas right. in this, they, they had it's to make like it lush. feel it's post-apocalyptic. Animated. It's animated. Yeah, yeah, it's it, really good. It sort of has a style. It's very stylistic. Mm-hmm. Um, that coupled with the animations are actually really cool. Yeah, all the movement, like the the, the characters all have these unique movements, especially like Monkey. Yeah. Like he's got these movements that look realistic, but then also very monkey-like. Right. Um, and he can do exceptional things for a for a slaved human 150 years old from from now. There's a reason for that. Yeah. I forget what it is. Maybe I can look it up while you're talking. But yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. yeah he moves really cool. Yeah. So uh, probably my. Uh, favorite part about those games and this is dmc included is how effortless the combat is like if you wanted to be 
uh, a pro at it, you could probably learn how to do some advanced maneuvers. Now, granted, DMC is based around its complex combat system, so it's definitely more complex than Enslaved, but it's still really fun getting into combat in Enslaved, and Enslaved had a kind of sneaking component to it, not in the similar sense that, uh, uh, like, say, some unfair alien game might have, <laughs> for example. <laughs> Or perhaps a more fair uh, Dishonored game might have. Mm. Um, but it, it, not in, in terms of those mechanics like your invents, because the worlds are all open. It's just that you're trying to avoid, uh, essentially, the lo- it's a lava mechanic. Don't, yeah. don't fall into the, this thing's vision, avoid the lava. Or you could just attack everyone. Yeah. Which led to some of the, uh, the more interesting parts, because eventually I was so shitty at stealth, um, but it was fair, mm-hmm. uh, that I... Uh, I um, just destroyed everything. Yeah, I mean, well, for the most part, most of the battles, as I remember them... The robots are hard. They activate when you get around them. Yeah. It's like like a puzzle game in that regard. Yeah, and and for most most of the setups, there were only a certain number of them that you could take out with stealth anyways, and eventually you were going to have to engage a larger majority of them, and it was going to be a brawl. Yeah. So it basically, if you chose to do the stealth, it was more of like, it bought you a little bit of time and ease to complete the big battle, because you just have taken some of the guys off the battlefield, basically. Yeah, and you also had a hoverboard. So I was gonna, I was gonna try and think of the best time to actually segue into that. But the hoverboard was so fucking cool. Yeah, it was one of the cooler like vehicle type things I've ever used in Absolutely. a game. Absolutely, I really uh, appreciated your meta commentary on segways in the podcast. Too. What, what was it called? The cloud something? Cloud board? Cloud? Does it matter? I don't know. It was just cool. It had a cool. It was, had a stupid cool name. You have your hand on your phone. Yeah, but it's like you know, I'm not gonna search through this. I know. Like, well, people will think you're just talking. They won't think you're reading. Anyways, you have this like staff. Um, as the main character that can, it's got some, some, some energy based thing to it where it can expand and retract and shoot things out of it. It can do all sorts of stuff. It is a magical staff. Yeah. And you basically just, you throw it down onto the ground under your feet and jump into the air and it turns into this cloud hoverboard and you just start scooting across the ground and it was awesome. Yeah. And just a reminder, uh, we do have to beat the games that we review on this, that we talk about on this podcast. So we have actually played this game. Yeah, we, <laughs> we have actually played it all through. We do stick to that rule pretty strictly. Yes. Pretty we both, strictly. We both beat this. It was just a while ago. Uh, it was so I can't ago. remember the name of the goddamn hoverboard, but yeah, I'm going to find it. I think it's called the Cloud Nine. It's the Cloud I think it had Cloud the name. Cloud Seraph. I don't know. Keep riffing and I'll figure it out. <laughs> okay. So, uh, so, uh, oh, shoes, huh? Never mind. <laughs> I thought you could move on without me, but anyways. No, no, no. Uh, <laughs> I would never move on without you, Matt. So let's see what else I can... So halfway through the... Maybe maybe sooner than that, but halfway through the game, you meet what could only be called the other main character, who's like, you know, the, the co-star. Uh, this, like, totally repulsive guy named Pigsy. Oh, Pigsy! Yeah. Yeah. Who's a super interesting character because you had he, they they set him up perfectly. You had no idea whether you should love him, hate him, be yeah. disgusted by him, think he was funny. Right. He was basically this amalgamation of a character that, like Monkey, Ooh, he good, was good he was a T word. He was just this you know big dude. Yeah. But then everything else about him looked like a pig. He wore a pig nose. Yep. He snorted when he laughed. That had, sort of stuff. He had like pig things around. Yeah. Him. Personifications right, of right, pigs. Right, right. Yeah. It was great. It was really great. Um, and he, again, Andy Serkis was great, but the guy who did the voice acting for that character, I don't know who it was, but he was also exceptionally good. Didn't you essentially trick him out of what you wanted in the end? Yeah, you basically you exploit the fact that halfway through knowing him, it, it gets revealed that he's got this super crush on the, the female co-lead yeah. trip. Treat. But she's like his friend's daughter. Right. That's how she knows him. Right. So like, even if he wasn't just a creep 
you know, on his own. Which is really fucked up when you find out about what happens to their her family. Yeah, so he should not be interested in Trip in any way. And he starts revealing that, like, oh, yeah, kind of kind of hot. So it's like he's very creepy. Yeah. Uh, and so she ends up exploiting that in the end to get him to do what she needs, to get a part for, right. like, a ship to fix it to go to the robot city right. and destroy them. It's not an interactive thing. No. No, no. no. Not like you're pushing X to flirt. Right. Yeah, yeah. Press square. It's not like not press like, square to kiss pigsy. Not like the anti-feminist <laughs> manifesto shadow of Mordor's training montage. Gosh, terrible yeah, yeah, that game. Yeah, yeah. yeah um, so pigsy was great. There was lots of uh, missions. He was like the brute guy, but he was all he would. He basically had this little hook, and he would jump around from platform to platform. And so it was funny because he was this huge, slow, annoying guy, but he could still get to a platform faster than Monkey. And so it was kind of this weird dichotomy where you'd be racing, right? And you had to go really fast to beat him, even though he was this big pig guy. Yeah, I liked that. Yeah, I remember him. That was uh, that his area was like a big junkyard, wasn't it? Yeah, it's basically he had he had discovered um, a place where they sent all the. Um, broken robot machines if i remember correctly and so he had started over time harvesting their important parts like yeah. power cells and motors and stuff and building cool things out of it including including the reason why you go and find him in the game is because he's one of the only people that you know that has an old working um ship that's not owned by the robots right so that if you can get working you can actually fly to your home right and get there faster so that's why you're kind of recruiting him you know one of the harder things to sort of uh explain on the podcast about the game that it did that the story we talked about the story doing really really well but just like uncharted the character interactions are uh between uh trip and monkey then the dialogue just the casual ones as you're walking along really do an incredible job of just building this relationship and it evolves over time and it's very very natural it's probably one of the best examples of a natural relationship progression to becoming you know essentially a slaver slave master mm -hmm. to uh friends that are just about to to blow shit up yeah it's yeah. it's very subtle like they yeah they talk consistently subtle. that's the word they i talk, hear about that yeah. word <laughs> they talk consistently throughout almost everything scenes segues action sequences and it's just passive conversation they're, they're just talking like two normal people would like oh that was stupid or hey watch out where you're going or why are you doing that as well as having sophisticated dialogue that pushes the story along. Right. So over time, you really feel like you're watching the two characters respond to each other in the situation rather than it being more like written dialogue. It's like, well, right. fuck, I've got this headband on, so I guess I have to kind of do this. And mm -hmm. he talks that way. And then over time, you see his demeanor towards Trip changing as he kind of gets yeah. to know her and realizes she's just doing this because she feels like she has to. Um, so yeah, it was, it was very intricate and I thought they did a super good job at that. I'm trying to remember if they had a romantic. Well, by the end, yeah, he's not sure. He kind of wants to stay if I remember correctly. Yeah. They get, so by the end you make it to your city Yeah. where you grew up and you got, you know, you, you left. And if I remember correctly, the city was destroyed. If I remember correctly, the reason you're going back there is because your, your dad, your father, Tripp's father yeah. and the rest of the colony, not my dad, not Steve. No, no, no not had Steve. done a really good job of coming up with some way to defend their selves against the city. Yeah, yeah. yeah. By doing this complicated yeah. bridge security system. That you know required... what? It's the plot to Mad Max Fury Road. It really, it really <laughs> is. Yeah. It required basically human thought yeah. to get through the puzzles to make it into the city, which of course you have to, you have to figure those puzzles out when you get there. It's, it's all part of the story. Yeah. But yeah, by the time you make it there, I mean, everyone's been annihilated. Like just the whole city destroyed. is just decimated and there's nothing but robots there. And it was excruciating to go through. Yeah. I mean, all the way to the point where 
Because it's not like you just go there and there's like one piece of dialogue. It's as you walk through it. Like I said, the the each piece of dialogue just starts talking about. Yeah, and it was and it was and it was. Wasn't uh, she silent? Like really quiet? Like she just wasn't talking. And yeah, it was yeah. revelatory, and you could tell that she didn't oh, quite Jesus. know what. That's, what a, that's another SAT word. I'm glad I'm impressing you. You are great. just killing it today so here's an it's a perfect um opportunity to talk about one of the things we were just mentioning so you show up in the city and you, the first thing you do is you arrive at one of the lookout towers and monkey because of the the experiences he's been through which they don't tell you what they all are but you can just tell by the type of person he is it's been a lot rougher and gruffer than you right. know trips growing up right um so you get to the tower, you get in there, and stuff's, like, strewn about, and there's, like, some, maybe some blood. I can't remember exactly what it is, but, like, to all of us, it was like, oh, shit. Not good. Yeah. And Monkey is basically like, oh, fuck. No bueno. Yeah. <laughs> this isn't going to go very he doesn't, well. He doesn't speak Spanish. He doesn't. He doesn't do that. He says it in English. Right. Um, but Trip is looking around being like, oh, well, this is weird. There's, there's got to be some, you know, reasonable explanation for why there's no one in the watchtower. Let's go to the other tower. And you can just tell that Monk is, does not want to have to say, dude, yeah, probably everyone's dead. Yeah. <laughs> but they still go through this, like, her kind of slowly figuring it out and going crazy and yeah. getting really upset. And I thought, yeah, this just that was just one example of how they did a really good job of showing two kind of completely opposite characters handle the same situation in a different way. To the point where they actually were like, well, let's go just destroy the robots. Yeah, but don't forget the critical part, which is that by the time they've found out that the city is destroyed, all the security systems are down, and every single person that they can think of in the city, they've either, they're missing or they've seen a slaughtered corpse or something, right? Yep. There's still the vault. Mm-hmm. The secret vault. Oh, the vault. That... In a worst case scenario, your your dad would have locked everyone in there, the remaining survivors, and closed it. And th- there was enough survival stuff in there that everyone, you know, could have survived. Right. So, and you're one of the only people that knows how you could get in there. Yeah. So you get, so you make it all the way to that vault, and you get in there. Everyone's still dead. <laughs> totally like, dead, including your dad, who left in one of those vault. infamous messages for you. Yeah. That's like, if you're hearing this. Everyone's dead. <laughs> Don't go looking for us. Don't think there's some ulterior thing here. We're literally just gone. Yeah. Sorry. We love you. And yeah. I was like, oh, it was brutal. It was great. Yeah, it was really great. Um, I mean, you know, I, it was it was great in that they executed, not that everyone was Yes, dead. and it's also great because of, again, what we were talking about with the character development. That's the point in the story where both of the characters switch sides of the coin. So, like, Trip has slowly kind of gone crazy, and her mood's been escalating throughout this mission, and she gets to the end of it, and she's like, let's go fucking take these robot bitch fuckers out. Yeah. And Monkey's kind of like, are you okay? Like, yeah. oh, your whole family's dead. Like, yeah. do you need a moment? And all of a sudden, he they're like... He gets the collar taken off at that point. He does, yeah. So, like, all their roles reverse. Um... The way that they talk to each other and how they empathize with each other is completely opposite from that point forward. And oh, it's, God, it's really dude, interesting. It's so good. I never really thought of it that way either. Yeah. yeah that this, was my take. This game is so good. It was really, really good. You know, I uh, hope well, we're not missing something super critical. Oh, like, we, it's hard to talk about the game system because they weren't spec- like they weren't revolu- They weren't revolutionary. No, they're just really well done. Yeah. Yeah. It was fun. It's just it really fun. It was a game that compelled you to keep playing it. Yeah, again, and we talk about this from time to time with games. It's like you can have super solid mechanics. Yeah. Even uh, mechanics that at one point were revolutionary, like Assassin's Creed movement mechanics. And if you pair it with a shitty game, it doesn't matter. Right. right. Or you can have mechanics that are copied from other games even, like Shadow of Mordor copied Assassin's Creed, you know, mechanics. But you can put other layers or other things in it that drive that, Mm -hmm. and it can make it a great game. 
So you think uh, mechanics don't make a great game? No, not by default. Really? Yeah. Well, then how does uh, like a game like SimCity work? I don't know. <laughs> I think I just proved you wrong. You may have. <laughs> I'm I'm sure there's exceptions to the rules. I was I was thinking more of things like you know think of a game with like a truly unique mechanic. I mean, right? most games are mechanics. What are you talking? You're talking about story driven games. I'm talking about mechanics. Yes, I'm talking yeah. about games that are not obviously monopoly. City planners. <laughs> monopoly is you know the key is the mechanics. Yeah, but think about how boring Monopoly would be if it didn't have the cute cards and the different colored cities and the block like all of that like the aesthetics and the way that you play are also just as important as the key mechanics. Yeah, I mean, it could be a shitty-looking board, though, and it'd still be fun. Or you could still have... No, yes, that's my point. You can have the shitty-looking game, but if everything else about it is sound, you know, you don't care about the shitty-lookingness of it as yeah. much. So what I think you're saying is game development's hard. It sure is. Yeah, boy, just so many factors to balance. Yeah, it sure is. Yeah. Um, and I think they did a, a really great job. I don't know how big this team is. I, don't, I mean, I know they're not, you know, the, the upper echelon, you know, cra no. crazy developer, but... They certainly did a good job of balancing all the different I don't think they've had any big hits. DFC wasn't that big of a hit. Maybe over time. Oh, I'm yawning. Oh, my God. But I'm enjoying this. I don't want Great. anyone on this podcast to think that this. Don't, I'm not having a good time. Can't be sleeping on Enslaved, man. I, uh, I, uh, yeah, I, I don't think they've had any really big hits. Um, they, I mean, I think DMC was somewhat critically successful right i mean i'm sure they made... all the games all their games are critically successful okay. yeah okay. there's not a single one that isn't um i think one of the shittier things that we had to deal with is we played this on pc yep and this was not they pretty much took the x like one of the versions and then they're like let's throw it on windows yeah and furthermore we played it late um i i played it especially late so it was definitely one of those games where i have a computer more than powerful to just blow the shit out of this game right and it was made at a time when my type of computer didn't exist and so it's not really it wasn't right. really configured or optimized for my setup and i and i think that was kind of the funny part is they threw it on there probably just for some extra cash just because they could yeah. and there it was one of the few games where we had to go back to like 1997 you know <laughs> where we were editing config files yeah. uh and when you did that it actually improved everything significantly yeah uh but i just thought it was a, a weird thing to have to do it's just a reminder that while wow, pc gaming is sort of infinitely more uh interesting like a flower that keeps blossoming yeah. uh you, sometimes you have to fucking edit config files yeah so I you mean, can enjoy enslaved odyssey to the west fortunately never with you know triple a titles um like no, you know, like, like arkham because they just release like them yeah. as shit yeah. and then <laughs> take them out yeah um but as you know from our Arkham Knight podcast, we both loved the game. So yeah. I don't think that that would... I don't think anyone's in for any surprise here. It's just... It's true. We both tried to... Well, you know, you listened to the podcast. You did. Yeah, it's, yeah. It's, we've already recorded it. Yeah, yeah. And released it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Or have we? No, we have. We have. We have. I mean, for God's sake, it's uh, October. Se September. It's September. It's September. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Close enough. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, okay, well, anything, uh, anything, I couldn't find the name of the skyboard, cloudboard, hoverboard, sky cloud. Sky cloud? I'm going to Google that quick. I don't know, but boy, it's sure a cold September. It really is. Especially, uh, I mean, my birthday was really was terrible. <laughs> yeah, well, maybe you shouldn't have drank so much. Yeah, uh, people. Yeah. Um, another thing that, you know, to talk about quick before we end here, um, 
again, you know, following the cycle of played DMC wasn't like a favorite game, but there was so much stuff in there that I was like, man, this is so really so well done. Yeah. And it, it showed it so much potential. I was like, I got to play some more games by this d- developer. And yeah, Heaven, or Heavenly Sword, I only played the demo. So it's like, I almost kind of want to go back and play that. And then certainly like you and me immediately after playing this game, we're like, what's the next game these guys are let's coming out with? Let's like, company. Let's play whatever they come out with next. And it's a game next. about depression. It, yeah. With the character from uh, that looks like uh, Trip and the girl from Heavenly Sword. Yeah, <laughs> They're yeah, really yeah. good at designing that character, yeah, I yeah, guess. Yeah. yeah. Emily Blunt. Yeah. Emily Blunt with yeah. red hair. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it looks interesting. It's supposed to be a somehow you battle depression. Uh, or like war, de- you, war depression a, or something that is an uphill battle Wait, yeah, well supposedly you can do it with joysticks so uh, we're about to I find out so. you can do it certainly with a joystick sometimes matt why are you looking at your phone <laughs> i'm trying to find the goddamn name of this hoverboard <laughs> i'm a little disappointed my euphemism didn't land uh, a little better with you you know what this is exactly the kind of shit that the notes section on our website is for so <sighs> if like me you're seriously interested in what the name of that hoverboard was it's in the notes. And this is where our bodies have been ejected from the car. <laughs> and Matt is alive, barely, but my head is definitely lopped off. You know, the great thing is... It's over. Is that it's over. Yeah. And that you can ask the listeners to give you feedback on whether they thought the podcast was good on or not. On our Facebook page? On our Facebook page. Yeah. And since we don't have any... Yeah. You won't know any different. No, but hey, <laughs> if you want to give us feedback on our Facebook page, uh, you should do that. Yeah. And I'm lying. People have been, and we really appreciate it. And yeah, we love... people send us really nice messages. Yeah. And we're like, what the fuck are you guys doing? Yeah. We're a bunch of assholes. And if I thought ahead, I yeah. may have even looked up some of them and given some people some shout-outs. But I didn't, so I'm sorry. Maybe I'll do that next time. No, but, no, no. Yeah. We we're not that forward-thinking. We appreciate your feedback, and, and we love you all, and it's very, very nice. Well, love is a very strong word. Like, we like you all. You know, you seem like a nice person basically because of our egos. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so there you go, Dr. Freud. Well, with that note, uh, it's time to siddly sign off, buddy. You know, I, I really kind of wish that you would have kept the voice the whole podcast. The townie voice? Yeah, the showman voice. Yeah. Uh, no, you can't do that. Okay. This isn't a terrible Adam Sandler movie. It could be, though. <laughs> really? Well, it's close. Very easily. <laughs> it's close. <laughs> it's very close. Uh, signing off of the Chips and Bits podcast, I am Kenny Myers. And with me, as always, Matthew Anderson. Toodaloo. Bye. <laughs>